Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you are really blessed by hearing it. Wouldn't you have uh, loved to have been there the day that God rode into town? <laughs> Wouldn't you have loved to have been there the day that God rode into town? Hey, good. So today we're looking at that familiar story, I'm sure for many of you, the, from the life of Jesus as he enters uh, Jerusalem on the day which we've come to know as Palm Sunday, as I've said. The triumphal entry of the king come to save the Jewish people. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there the day that God rode into town? Right, here we are, five days before his death on Good Friday, when we shall say, it's Friday, but... Sunday is coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. One week before we celebrate Jesus' resurrection from death. Uh, if you haven't picked up one of our Easter invitational cards, do pick up one loads on the way out. Take a couple for friends and family. Let them know all that's happening here at St. Saviour's. Uh, just to say, we'll be on next Friday. So um, families at the cross, 10 till 11.30. It's an all-age kind of thing, so if you've got small children, young children, do come along to that. Uh, two till three in here, an hour before the cross, um, where we'll just basically have a space to be able to come to reflect. There'll be stations and other things like that, but no, no talk, no music. Uh, 6.30 on Easter Sunday, I'd love to see you in my back garden. My children would love to hear you singing in my back garden at 6.30 on Easter Sunday as well. So come down the side of the church through the um, office garden and uh, I'll be there to greet you. That's our sunrise communion service. 10 o'clock back in here uh, for our morning celebration and 7 o'clock an evening celebration. The record of Jesus last week begins right here. The time had arrived for him to present himself openly as their Messiah. It was time for him to disclose himself. Uh, on the way up from Jericho, Jesus came to the east side of the Mount of Olives where Bethany and Bethage were located. Bethage means house of unripe figs, right? Go, go figure. On the, on the road, it skirted around the south of Olivet, dipped into the valley of Jehoshaphat, crossed the brook Kidron and climbed up to Jerusalem. I just uh, put that in because one of my favorite names in the Bible is Jehoshaphat. If you're, if you're in my house, you'll hear me say the word Jehoshaphat. Babe, I really think we should have called one of our kids Je <laughs> Jehoshaphat. I think that would have been awesome. Um, <laughs> is that Woody disagreeing or you? Okay, okay. So uh, before, before we get too far into the point that I want to make this morning, just, just one point I want to make for you really, um, just take a quick look at what's prophesied in Zechariah 9.9 because it's just it's hilarious. So Zechariah is written sort of 520 years BC and it's prophesying what's going to happen. So if, you, if you've got your Bibles, you can have a look at Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, it says, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I mean, if you saw, I don't know how many, some of you are your, your cat owners, right? Or your dog owners, yeah? Or maybe you've got uh, chickens, right? Um, but if you, what? You got, I know, that's why I said it, because I knew the office manager had chickens. Uh, thanks, Rachel. And if you saw someone taking your animal that belonged to you, you might do something about it, right? right but, but the way that the, the, guy, the kind of guy just goes, you know, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, there's no argument, there's no fight. Uh, 
the response is just, well, the Lord needs it. You know, no persuasive speech, nothing more is indicating, no overcoming of reluctance, just the Lord has need of it. And the owner gave. Simple obedience. Simple, willing responses. And that is what should characterize our response, our obedience to God when God says the Lord has need of it. Is that right? Do you agree? (laughs) Where is that located? Can anyone else hear that? A message from the Lord. So, do you agree? If the Lord has need of it, you should let him have it. Has anyone got their phone out at the moment? Ah, Nisha, the Lord has need of your iPhone. (laughs) Thank you very much. Simple obedience, very good. (laughs) What else does the Lord have need of this morning? Ah, Mr. Brimble, the Lord has need of your coffee. (laughs) Thanks very much. Anyone else got anything interesting that I can have? (laughs) All right. That's just wonderful, isn't it? What great joy that would be to live in such simple obedience. You know, if the Lord said to you, the Lord have needed it, and you were just to give it. No arguments, no persuasive speech needed. Just given. The story that we're looking at is found in all four Gospels, but we're looking at Luke 19, 28 to 44. The crowds were praising Jesus as he entered the city of Jerusalem. Here it is, the sweet smell of success, the finishing line, the thrill of victory. And they're all shouting, Hosanna, save us. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there the day that God rode into town? Hey, can you imagine yourself being part of that crowd? Yeah, yeah, grabbing it. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, we're getting it. Grabbing a coat and throwing it on the floor and grabbing your palm branches and waving it around and shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace on earth, glory to God. Imagine that. It would have been wonderful, wouldn't it? Such intense anticipation that God was about to do a wonderful thing. They were going to be free from all of the tyranny of the Roman Empire. This promise by God was about to be fulfilled. He was about to come and save them and put them back in their rightful place. Everyone, everyone in Israel, the whole Jewish nation had been taught that the Messiah would be enthroned as the king in Jerusalem. The Old Testament made it clear that his coming, this coming king, would come to Jerusalem and establish this kingdom. And since the Garden of Eden, all of heaven and earth have been waiting for that moment when the, the Messiah would enter into Jerusalem establishing the kingdom of God. And this was it. The moment they'd been waiting for. Years, decades, centuries, waiting, waiting. So wouldn't you have loved to have been there the day that God rode into town? Yeah, while it's fun to imagine yourself as part of the crowd, the the message also presents us with some really hard challenges and a real tough question to answer. St. Ignatius, uh, this guy from a few years ago, said, when you study God's word, don't just turn to the parts that comfort you, turn to the passages that trouble you. Do you want to know what troubles me here in this whole passage which Carl read to us? It's Jesus' comment right at the end. 
because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Oh, imagine God says to you, you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Is it really possible for that to happen to a person? Is that possible? Is it really possible for God to come to you and you wouldn't recognize him? You wouldn't embrace him or that you just miss him completely? Troubling, troubling questions. You did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And you can see Jesus, his sadness as he's approaching the city. He knew what was coming. He knew he was about to be betrayed. He knew his disciples would desert him. He knew the crowds that were shouting his praise on Friday would be shouting for his death. And he was in tears. And incredibly, you can get a glimpse into Jesus' thoughts that day. Imagine for a second, just for a second, you can get into the the mind of the king, the thoughts of Jesus. Imagine if you could do that. Imagine if you could do that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Because you can because it's here in this book. You can get right inside the mind of the king, the son of God, his thoughts, his words, his actions, just by picking this book up and reading it. If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, if you'd only known, if only someone had told you If only you could have seen with your own eyes. If only, if only, if only. I bet you've said those words. I bet people have said those words to you. If only you knew. Sad words filled with regret and remorse. And please, 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 if you don't know Jesus this morning, please don't leave this building with regret and remorse and sadness. Saying, if only I knew. Because if that's you, I'd love to tell you. So many people nowadays are wishing that God could change the past to make a better present and a more hopeful future. And he can. So many people are wishing for that. So many people are hoping for that. And the truth is he can. And he does. If only they knew. If only they could recognize the time of God's coming to them. If only they were there the day that God rode into town. So the problem is they were scrambling around trying to own their religion, deciding who was in and who was out. They missed the point of what God wanted to do because he wanted to change their hearts more than what he wanted to change their circumstances. They missed the point of what God wanted to do. He wanted to change their hearts. They missed the point. He wanted to transform their lives, their futures, and their nows. God said that they could have peace, even though there was war raging all around them. Sound like you at the moment? They missed the point. You ever feel like you're missing the point? Like you're just not getting it? Maybe, 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 10 minutes into my sermon, you're thinking, I'm not getting this at all. Well, the point is, wouldn't you have loved to be there the day that God rode into town? Yes, you would. Okay. 
And if that's the point, well, let's hear what the problem is. Jesus says it's because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. King James says, thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Another version, you did not know when God himself was visiting you. The NEB, you did not recognize God's moment when it came, the message. You didn't recognize and welcome God's personal visit. The NLT, I really like, you have rejected the opportunity God offered you. So even though Jesus came to give life and health and strength and hope, bringing with it a love that was high and wide and long and deep, they completely missed the point. And I think because they missed his visitation because they had preconceived ideas about what God was going to do in their lives for them that they missed him being there. Uh, and, and maybe, 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 maybe at this point in your life you're doing the same thing. What is it that causes someone to miss God's visit? What are you expecting Jesus to be and do for you right now? Since Jesus was nothing like the people, that the, the, what most people have figured he would be, they missed him. Today people miss him because they think he should take away all the pain in an instant. And sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. Today people miss him because they think his followers should be just like him. And we're not. Sometimes people miss him because they think a dying saviour is weak. But in reality, brokenness will bring strength. People miss God because they have these preconceived ideas of how things should be. They miss God because they're proud and stubborn. They miss God because they believe he should act in a certain way. They miss God because they want to be right. They miss God because they're too busy running here, willy-nilly. Uh, see, I just said the word willy-nilly and nobody giggled at all, apart from me. Think about all those things. Where are you on that scale? Where do you sit with God? Where are you missing him and why are you missing him? I was thinking last night, I went to, somebody's asked me what time I kind of got to bed in the end, and um, it was late. Uh, because of the white noise in my head, I felt like I'd been clubbing. I felt like I was, when I was a 20-something. And you know that noise that just is just constantly there in the background? And I think, I think often we, we, we can miss God's visitation just because there's so much noise. Um... And there's this guy I've been reading about, Rick Warren. He's a, a famous pastor in America. And he says it's a good idea to divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. So I try to, to make that part of my spiritual discipline. So I, I encourage you to do that too. Uh, but when, when it's so noisy that you can confuse the noise with the signal, and sometimes I think that God, God has to shout to get through to us. And that happened to us. You know... Many of you who have heard our story before will know that Ro uh, was in a coma with Bella inside. Uh, Bella's our first child, 16 years ago. And God in that moment, I know as I look back, was shouting at me and at Ro, 
I'm here. I'm right here. Turn around, face me, start walking towards me. I'll walk with you. That constant noise that we have that surrounds us can deafen us to God's visitation. So sometimes just turn off the music in the car, turn off your phone, turn off the computer. Just sit in some silence. Sit with the Bible, pray, sit with God, find a favorite chair. I have a chair at home, which is kind of my God chair, and I kind of go there, and that's a really sacred space for me. (laughs) No, it's not that kind of God chair, young man. You know, God might just want to speak to you. And he'd rather not shout. He would rather not shout. I've often wondered how, when they were shouting praise, this crowd, Hosanna, how they went from shouting praise in five days to shouting crucify him. From praising him to condemning him. Save us. Save us, Lord. But I often wonder how I do that, how often I do that too. How quickly I turn from loving God to hating him when things aren't going my way, when, I, when I, I'm in the midst of suffering, when something isn't quite going right for me or my family, my fortunes aren't quite right, my health, my family's health, my plans aren't quite happening the way I want them to. How quickly I get to blaming God for all of that. I wonder how often I miss God coming to me. How often I miss the point. Now, the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, like me, only they wore funny clothes and they had a funny beard. They didn't recognize him either. Now, this happens to all people. We miss the time of God's coming to us. We miss his visitation. We don't recognize when God is speaking to us. We figure out in our heads what a savior ought to be and ought to do. We picture and they picture a social revolutionary leading an underground movement to get rid of the Roman Empire. And they were wrong. And we are often wrong and we need to recognize that this morning. What we picture God, what we want God to do for us, what we expect God to do for us, sometimes we're just plain wrong. And he is still God. I've been reading Job uh, recently. It's an encouraging book. Um, <clears throat> 38 odd chapters of Job's friend. If you know the story of Job, you'll know that everything was his whole family, all of his wealth, his cattle, everything wiped out, boils head to toe, everything wiped out. And yet he was a man of faith. Through all of that, he still had faith that God was good. Through all of his trials and temptations, everything wiped out. He still trusted God. 38 chapters of his mates telling him, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. And in the end, God comes back on the scene and says, hey, I am God. Have a read of the last few chapters. How do you argue with the creator of the universe? The God who is our maker, our redeemer, and our sustainer. See, when the Savior came, 
He proposed a revolution, all right, but it's a revolution in our hearts and in our minds. And that's the revolution that he wants to bring to you this morning. Wouldn't you have loved to be there the day that God rode into your town? Yeah. Let's pray together. Maybe just uh, confess, uh, time for confession to admit to God to come clean uh, where you've been expecting God to move in a particular way, where you've demanded God move in a particular way, change this, change that, do this, do that, uh, and confess to come before him, to humble yourself and just to, to put yourself back in the right position before God Almighty. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no farther? Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail? Can you bind the chains of Pleiades or loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the law of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds, cover yourself with a flood of water? This is our God. We worship you, Father, because you are worthy. Because you are a God who is love. We worship, we bow down before you, we proclaim your praises and we sing Hosanna. Save us, Lord. We thank you that that promise is true. We stand on that promise. That you are God, our maker, our redeemer and our sustainer. Amen. For more information, please go to www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.